We drink some fantastic craft beers. I'm Ben Noga. This week, I'm joined by Aru Koji. Hello. Hey, dude. You good? Yeah, pretty good. Excellent. Let us crack straight into beers. And whilst we're opening up our first beers, I'm going to tell you what we're going to be talking about this episode. As always, we're going to talk about some games that we played. But we're also going to talk about E3. It's just happened. You heard in our last episode that we gave you some wants and went out to the other people in the Outerlies Network to get their wants for the shows. Some of those came true, some of them did not. We're just going to be talking in general about how E3 was and some of the announcements that were made. But first, beer. What are you kicking off with, Adol? Um, In true tanked up fashion, it, I have a couple of IPAs. I'm going to start with Maybe's original Workhorse IPA. Nice. Uh, lovely... A white can with a sketched horse with a bridle, although its hair, its mane, it looks more like a nine-year-old's drawing of a woman's hair. Like, it's just a little too yeah, luscious it attempt. It's almost like it's been combed and shampooed. Yeah, maybe just, it's a show horse that just got hit by the wind. Um, <laughs> and then it says, a workhorse IPA, a hardworking American IPA with you for the long haul. Unfiltered. Keep it cold and drink it fresh. Best enjoyed in a glass. And that's Maybe Brew, who are from Fredericton, New Brunswick. The province to my left, when left means west. Is there only one province to your left? Sorry? No. All my the right. provinces are to your west, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, except for uh, uh, most of Newfoundland. Sorry, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Um... I'm going to kick off with, because you've recently been to the Czech Republic? No, I went to Croatia. Oh, fuck, I brought the wrong goddamn beer. I bought an Edison Czech-style lager. Eh, uh, former, former Soviet bloc. <laughs> They're all in the same sort of place. Um, they were. It was called the USSR. <laughs> this is by um, Electric Beer Brewing Company. I'm sure I'll enjoy it just as much as I would have enjoyed a Croatian well, beer. Czech beers Maybe. are really fantastic. So. Yeah, yeah. But yes, that's a, um, a Czech-style lager. So something a little lighter to start with. Not, um, not the standard IPA fare. Uh, I will say that um, Maybe's Workhorse IPA is a mean 7% alcohol Ooh. per volume. Kicking off with a big one, or a slightly bigger one than... Ah, fuck Standard mine's only four point eight, so uh, on the Richter scale. Yes, smells nice. Um, how's your color? Very lagery, very pale, mm. very light. Oh yeah, reasonably clear. Yeah, it's got a, a slightly slight yellower cloud. sort of hint to it. It's not. Um, I think maybe that's just the uh, the webcam. It's not mm. really got any cloud in it at all. Oh, it's yeah, very translucent. Yeah. Well, uh, you can tell right away this is an unfiltered IPA. Yep. It is cloudy. It is the color of, hmm, say, honey, a lot of honey mixed into a very weak iced tea. Yeah, yeah, you've got a slightly sort of orange. Yeah, hue. Yes, that's what I wanted. 
Um, ah, there's almost no um, hoppy nose. No? It's a slight sweetness. Mm. Um, of course, that might be because I just said the word honey a couple of times. Yeah, true. It's now in your now in your mind. Yeah, no, it's um, it's rather um, delicate on the nose. It's, it's nice. There's something there, but it's not 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 really for an IPA. I'm I'm shocked, but of course, Alex was mm. here. It would remind us the one fact that you and I remember, which is of course, wait, dry hopping, dry hopping. I almost <laughs> forgot. <laughs> almost forgotten. <laughs> that one fact I never forget. I have forgotten. Um, yes, yeah, so it means there's no dry hopping in this beer. I would wager. Not a lot, as we can tell by my mm, current mm. memory. How's your taste? Uh, mine's nice. Um, it, it, it tastes very much like a lager. It's got a very light sort of taste to it. Um, not um, not a huge amount sort of going on. Um, it's not very hoppy. You don't get that very much either in the nose or in the taste. It's sort of that more um, Pilsner, malty um, flavour that you're getting through. Um. Um, for a lager, it's it's quite light. Um, you don't have sort of any of that. You know, with some sort of standard lagers, the ones that you get sort of on draft in most British bars and pubs, you get that almost... Uh, it's probably something to do with it being a draft and going through lines, but you almost get that sort of chemically kind of mm. sort of taste to it. You sometimes get that out of bottles. You know, you open up something like a bottle of um, Stella or something, and you get almost that... Um, which I think comes from the malt, but you get that almost weed sort of smell. Mm, that slight skunkiness. Yeah, yeah. But with this, there's there's none of that at all. It is when I say light, it is really light in both in both the nose and flavour. So um, the lager being the the prominent beer of uh, mm. Central and Eastern European countries, um, I know when I travelled through there, and then again when I was in Croatia, um, I noticed um, that. A lot of times, at least compared to sort of our standard lagers, if there's a sort of thin or thinness or wateriness to, to yeah. the lagers, would you say it's it's sort of a, a watery lager, or would you say it's? Not? Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. I think that's what what ta- almost takes away a little bit from that sort of punch that um, you sometimes get with a, a, a sort of a very first taste of a lager. You know, sometimes it can be very refreshing, sort of crisp yeah. taste. It's stuff that you get with maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of more sort of off the shelf um, Heineken, well-known sort of brands. Yeah, something more like a Peroni or something. But yeah. it's it's a lot lighter than that. And I suppose it's it's more like sort of the American lagers in that they're very light as well. They're kind of that yeah. a, a little more sort of watered than um, yeah, and sort um, of more a pill or something like that. So um, I will say for those interested, um, beer in Croatia. Equation, I should say, is pivo, P-I-V-O, which is common in the area. I think it's also um, Slovenia, Slovakia, Slovenia also says pivo. And yes, I just did the Slovenia, Slovakia thing, even though they're not that close to each other, except in (laughs) town. Having been to both those places, it's even more of a travesty, but... um, Oh dear. Ah, well, what can you do? Uh, It's all roughly in the same... No, it's not. No. Um, um, so, should we? Should we? What, what's yours taste like? <laughs> um, <laughs> eager. Hmm. Um, that sweetness definitely follows through. 
Yeah. It's not a honey sweetness. It's a sort of a okay. very light sweetness. Um, it's really smooth, actually. Um, you get that hoppiness, but it's not a smacky in your face. It just sort of goes sweet, nice, to, to abuse our previous term, thick hoppiness. Like there's, there's things going on. Mm. And then, but the taste doesn't last that long. But the the sort of that that bitter hop taste does. Yeah. For about easily 25, 30 seconds, it's still quite a dry. But it's not too strong. Like sometimes you get that that sort of drying out of the mouth that the bitterness of the hops uh, aftertaste happens. It, yeah. Your mouth is a little dry, but but nothing extreme. It, you're you're not feeling like you should have another drink of something because your your mouth feels parched despite that just being a, a, a flavor. Um, it's really quite refreshing. And what I think is super interesting is um, how light it is. Yeah. Like, like I'm used to IPAs being very brusque, for lack of a better term. Mm, mm. Very um, sort of uh, very hop-heavy. Yeah, and, and, and what happens, even if you have a nice nuanced IPA, it's still very strong and in your face, and, it, uh, you know, its finish lasts... Um, it it usually comes on with the, with the, some bravado, if you will. Mm, um, mm. That's right. Today's episode is brought to you by the letters B and R. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm I'm quite enjoying this. This is actually, I would say, one of the more unique IPAs I've had, but nice. not in the standard. Usually, it's like, like I said, sort of a very strong flavor that's that the uniqueness comes from. But in this, it's sort of a an IPA. Uh, that um, is light, nuanced, but like no, there's no exceptional taste. It tastes like an IPA. It's just the way the taste comes out is is unique. Yeah, want- and it, it's it's sort of strange that you've got that lightness with that um, sort of higher, not massively high alcohol content, mm-hmm. but sort of you know you're 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 about seven percent or something like that, wasn't it? So yep. you kind of expect a little more of a heavier. Um, sort of more, slightly more bittery kind of, of taste to it, rather than sort of the lightness that you're getting at such that, at that mm-hmm. kind of. Um, I wonder if that's um, can be attributed to what why, why they call it an American IPA versus just an IPA. Having you just heard you describe um, American beers as sort of lighter and, and more watery. Mm, um, mm. But you sort of you think of something like a Sierra Nevada, just their standard pale ale, and. Ah, but it's not an American style pale ale. It's no, just I a pale it's not. Ale. Is it? It's just a pale ale. I was going to say because that's quite that, that's still got quite a big flavour to it. Everything Sierra Nevada has has quite got quite a bit big flavour. Yeah. Not in a bad way. No, no, in a very good way. It's one of those nicer beers that you can get over uh, in the UK at least, sort of almost everywhere that you go. Um, before we move on to games, I will. I have a slight beer. Um, update, which is that um, here in Halifax um, there's a restaurant called The Wooden Monkey, but it's a pub. Right. And they're super, like, local sourcing and um, ethical sourcing, blah, 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 which is super unique for a pub. Mm. Um, I think, anyway, it's usually just not that type of atmosphere to go for, like, very quality local mindful ingredients for pub fare. And having yeah, said yeah. that their their food is more upscale than, than in style than, than the average pub fare. But anyway, um I had the good robot ghost 
Face Killer. Nice. Sponsored by the man. Uh, that's G-O-S-E-F-A-C-E space K-I-L-L-A-H. Oh. Um, and it was uh, the sourest Hefeweizen I've ever had. Really? It was a standard unfiltered Hefeweizen. had those notes, but they used sour German wheat instead of just regular German <laughs> wheat. And... Uh, Catherine loved it because, well, it doesn't taste like beer, and she's—I mean, <laughs> she likes sour. Yeah, lime is yeah. one of her favorite uh, tastes, uh, and I think it was the best sour beer I've had. Okay, but it was still a sour beer. Um, sounds I, I like liked it'd it. Be, sounds like it'd be really tangy, sort of that sort of end of sourness. It actually wasn't that sharp a sourness. No. Um, super unique. Again, it was. It was Unlike, like, I think it was a black sour we had, which was, yes, to yeah. our taste buds, unpalatable. Mm, um, mm. It was quite tasty. Uh, I mean, palatable, at least. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to have it again. Mm. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't turn one down. Um, and it made me really curious what else they have. And um, they are a brewery in the north end of Halifax that I didn't actually know about. Um, oh, nice. That's so, cool. And they've got... Um, they're... they're "Quote unquote," nameology is quite um, quite on point. Um, like their stout is called "Tom Waits for No One." That's good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so again, that's good robot beer. Uh, they've got great other names. It makes me super curious. Uh, I'm going to try and venture forth to them uh, later this week, and maybe uh, I'll have more to report. But um, or, or you know. Porter. Um, uh, but yeah, least, I, I, at I least just another thought it was, beer for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, maybe we can have a good robot um, special, so to speak. In that, I will pick two good robot beers and drink them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just thought I, I would give them a shout out because I'm super interested, and uh, somehow they've been off my radar. Um, anyway, nice. uh, cool. wait, games? Is that what we talk about on this? It is sometimes. Uh, yes, I sometimes like Scrabble. Well. Like the occasional board game. Actually, I don't think we've ever talked about board games on the um, podcast. Have we? I almost did once, and I think Alex chastised me. Oh, did he? I Ooh, think so. Because they weren't of the video variety. And then I, I, I believe I said, well, we could always just whip out our iPhones and record it, and thus it would be a game on video. Oh, yes, um, yes, I do remember. Yes. Except I don't remember the game at all. Anyway, <laughs> um, this has been Nostalgic Moments of Tanked Up. It has, it has. Um, so, I suppose I'll kick off... Um, I'm going to talk about two games, but they're they're very similar um, games that both come from the same developer from years and years ago. Um, Because it's been the um, GOG, I I want to say good old games, but I can't find anywhere in their literature where they ever refer to themselves as good old games anymore. Everything just says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything just says GOG. Which is really Um, funny because the um, Mac client... So, so in um, on my Windows um, installs, I go to the search bar and I type "gog" and it immediately autofills and I just hit yep. enter and it opens the gog client. When the Mac one, it's there's no gog in it. It's called Galaxy client. So I type "gog" and I get nothing. And yeah, it's really yeah. weird. I mean, on um, on the yeah, anyway, on Windows ten, it's um, I suppose the client is called Gog Galaxy. Yeah, um, but, but just... basically, Gog is another. Um, um, independent um, seller of games. They have their own client. It's very similar to Steam. 
Um, I will but say, it is, uh, it's um, they, their client just came out in the yes. past year. There's no no social any comment review. Well, there were reviews on the site, and so when you view the store through the client, you get the same things as the web yes, page. Yes. Um, but the key difference between GOG and Steam is digital rights management is not available on GOG. It is exactly. DRM free. Um, Tied to anybody. Yeah, and uh, so while you can use the client to manage your updates, etc., you can also just go to the web page and download the executable and have it forever and give it to your friends because you can, but you shouldn't because that's piracy. I don't know why I'm doing all the radio voice <laughs> things now. <laughs> back on back on air after a couple of weeks. Yeah. Feel, feel the need to throw in all the radio tropes. Mm, and really, I should have st- remixed the piracy myself. So say piracy and then in, in post be like piracy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to have some air horns going off in a minute. Anyway. Um, so the, the, uh, it's been the, the GOG summer sale. I forgot about that. And I've spent a little bit too much money. Ooh, but I picked up the, the two games I want to sort of mention um, are uh, Dungeon Keeper, more specifically Dungeon Keeper 2, and Theme Hospital. Oh, I have Theme Hospital. Oh, <sighs> you should have had Theme Hospital because it was one of the only house games a year and a half again ago on Origin, everyone's least favorite next to you play client. <laughs> yes, well, I don't think I've been on Origin for. Probably about two years, which may be why I missed it. Um, I um, have an Origin client simply for the on, on the house games, although lately free, yeah. they haven't yeah. been nearly as good as Theme Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also because, um, speaking of G website, G2A, as uh, as uh, avid listeners know, is a place I frequent um, in the um, grey exchange of keys. Hypothetically, I frequent it. Um, you browse, you browse. Yeah, I'm just curious what prices are like. Yes, um, and 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 quite often prices are on non-Steam clients are uh, more affordable. Yeah, yeah. And so I have, uh, especially I mean, like obviously, like Ma- the Mass Effect trilogy being EA solid games, like th- those are always on sale on Origin, so you can usually get them. So someone's got them dirt cheap. Yeah, uh, they're also having a sale, but it's kind of garbage. Um, Ooh, it's fifty percent off, so you can get FIFA for forty bucks or something. Wow, that seems thirty bucks expensive still. I can say, yeah, that seems really expensive still. Um, but yeah, so uh, I mean, I picked both of these games up for like maybe two pound and nine pence. I think they were both about seventy-five percent. Well, no, maybe they're about fifty percent off. And then normally around about four pound right. twenty, something like that. Um, but as soon as I saw both of these games, or I, I saw Dungeon Keeper two first, and I thought, yes, I haven't played that game in years. It's only two pound. I'm, I'm going to buy it, even if I only play it for an evening. It's made and get sort of a few hours, get a few hours game out of it. That's going to be fantastic, just for for you know, sort of small change ah. as such. And as as soon <laughs> so as I clicked is, on the, that, this is what. Um happened to me when I had a hundred odd Steam games oh, <laughs> not so long ago. I know when anyway. the Steam sale starts later this week as well. Blah, wallet destroyed. Um but yeah as soon as I I added um Dungeon Keeper 2 to my cart it also popped up saying other games you may enjoy and Theme Hospital was there. I'm like, yes, 
I would enjoy playing Theme Hospital again. I shall add that one. Um, and I mean, these games are from what, 95, 96. They've got to be around about the mid-90s sort of era. Um, they're made by Bullfrog, who I don't believe still exists. No, they died a long anymore. time ago. Bullfrog is one of the premier um, developers of, of, of our era, of the, that early era. Yes, yeah. Game, PC games having more power to have very different genres and stuff. Mm, mm. Um, and they made, what else? Um, I, I suppose, the biggest, biggest game, yeah, and Theme Park as well. Right. The two biggest games that they... Um, they probably made, but Dungeon Keeper is a, a, it's exactly what it sounds like. You um, manage a, a dungeon in which lots of creatures appear. You have to build different rooms for them. You have to mine gold to pay them to do things for you, like researching spells, making traps and doors, and ultimately on the level, you have to kill the hero and all of his sort of army that he brings down into the dungeon. Um, because you're invading underneath his castle, basically, to take over his lands. Um, and it's a fun game. It, 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 back then it was, and, and now it, it is. It's almost not mindless, but mechanically it's not very complex. You yeah, don't it wasn't to... about the... Um, it's one of those... The, the lovely concept of a game having simple mechanics, but a gripping gameplay. Mm, mm. Um, I think which, all of the Bullfrog games are like that. Yeah. Although, although I would say Syndicate had some more complex nuances. But that's yes, just yes. because I think my memories of it... Uh, well, first of all, it was one of the first SRPGs I, I ever played. And one of the first SRPGs, period. So it might mm. just be that when I played it, it was so much more complex than most of the other games I played that I'm... Also, yeah, yeah, just because before it, not much had... had delved into the the genre and the the sort of the mechanics and what it was actually trying to do um beforehand so it seemed like it just expanded uh, you know your gaming options hugely mm-hmm. um but i suppose theme park is very similar to to dungeon keeper in its simplicity uh sorry not theme park theme hospital well like theme park is as well um but theme hospital you basically run a hospital and you have to build uh, rooms to cure and research disease and, and, and help all of the patients that come to your hospital. And you do so with GP offices, wards, um, pharmacies, and, and various things like this. And, and the idea with both of the games is that you have a, a level which you have to try and achieve a, a goal on with Dungeon Keeper. It is by destroying the hero and all of his men. Um, with uh, Theme Hospital, it's by curing a certain amount of people or um, keeping a certain level of hospital value uh, or reaching a certain level of hospital value by adding more rooms and um, better equipped um, uh, staff who are trained up to a higher level and, and, and things like this. Um, and they're quite quick games to make progression through. So you can play for sort of an evening and find yourself on maybe the um, sort of fourth stage or within the game um and they do get slightly more complex as they go through both of these um with with dungeon keeper you get additional rooms and harder to manage creatures so um some creatures don't like to be living in the same area as others <laughs> some so creatures you... don't like to be living yeah well 
Sometimes you do get that because with Dungeon Keeper you can actually slap them about as well to make them work harder. Uh, slap them too much, dead. Um, but yeah, you, you've then sort of got a, you've got another level on top where you've got to manage. You don't just have to build this dungeon; you also have to manage everything in it. So there's not internal conflict within your dungeon um, to be able to then go on and defeat the hero of the land. Um, and with Theme Hospital, uh, you start to get different rooms and you research different cures and lots of patients do die along the way as well um, because perhaps you've only got a 50% chance at a cure because it's very early in the game and you haven't researched very much. Right. Um, and they're both very humorous. I mean, the, the sort of the way people die, they sort of walk out of a room, hit the floor in, in Theme Hospital um, and either float up, you know, clasp their hands together, get some wings and float up to heaven or the Grim Reaper comes along and sort of drags them down to hell. Um, so they've, they've got that sort of level of humour to them, um, which they've sort of almost put into to everything within the game. Um, it's not just a, right, I'll just make this room and just do this. It's kind of, I'll make this room. And then in Dungeon Keeper, you'll get a quip from the sort of the narrator who'll say something about the room that you've just built or the cre- a creature that's just appeared or something. Right. Um, and they are really fun, sort of, not time sync games, but you can suddenly just realise that a couple of hours have gone past and you've been just either toiling away at Dungeon Keeper or, or trying to create the perfect hospital um, right. in Theme Hospital. And, and you just sort of get lost in these games and in these management sort of systems. Um, on a really sort of simple level, almost. Um, that I mean, for a couple of quid, it, it's sort of a, a no... As, as I said, for a couple of quid, if you get an evening or two's entertainment out of it, it's cheaper than a movie. So, um, so have you had the chance to play Prison Architect? No, I haven't. Because it is basically the... Um the uh, spiritual successor to Theme Hospital yeah. and Bullfrog's sort of more institutional-based um, simulators. Mm, mm. Uh, I've only played a little bit of it, and that was when it was in early access, um, though now it's out of early access, and um, I, of course, um, have the full version at my fingertips but haven't really explored it. Um, but, yeah, it's um, it's quite fun. Um it's got a good level of humor. The animation is very simple, sixteen um, bit esque. Yeah, um, but you do have to, like you said, manage a, a whole bunch of stuff going on in the in the prison, like uh, number of pr- prisoners to bunk, etc. And if you uh, don't give them some sort of recreational activity, they get all angry, and you don't want to riot, etc. Um, but it's just it's quite a lot of fun, um, and I. I think it's also on sale on GOG. Um, yeah, I believe it is. I was just um, just trying to have a look to see if it was because I'm sure I've seen it um, on sale on on GOG. Um, but I, I assume with with Prison Architect, maybe it's a little more. Is it is it as simple as the sort of earlier Bullfrog games, or does it sort of add to the complexity? Um, um, it's more sort of you know you don't get a huge amount of modern games now which have a really simple. It's set of mechanics to play with. It's reasonably simple. I think it's probably more complex, but it's uh, sorry. I would say um, it's. I mean, my memories are all blurred uh, from what was then, but I would say it's it's um, it's straightforward and apprehendable. 
Yeah. It might have more mechanics going on, but it's just as apprehendable as those earlier sim games. Mm, mm. Um, which I think, um, given that most sim games outside of The Sims, which is its own weird microcosm of weird, um, um, are they tend to be much more like um, RTSs these days. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you are, even if you're not um, doing hardcore timed matches where you have to be all Twitch, etc., even if you're doing a long-play single-player campaign, it's still very much a... Um, there's seven different types of trees that you're researching, building, etc., and you and mm. you have to find the right interplay between them. Blah 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 blah. Okay. It's much simpler than that. Yeah, yeah. Like you could sit down and figure it out if you had never played this style of game before. Nice. Well, having a very quick look, it is on sale on GOG at the moment. But if people listen to this slightly later than release date the GOG sale will be finished because I believe it finishes on Wednesday of this week and that would be the 22nd of June I believe Um, you are correct however the Steam 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 sale starts on the 23rd of June so more than likely um, Prison Architect because it's been out for a little while now hasn't it Um, yes Um, and it it definitely had that um, indie following um, all throughout, actually. When it got to a certain point in early access, there were a lot of people really keen about it. So it had a wave of press. And then it took over almost two years, I think, after that. Yeah. Um, before it came into um, its own as a full-on game, which mm. then got people talking about it again. Although not as much. Yeah, you do find that with a lot of early access games, that when they have their full release, there's nowhere near as much fanfare as there was with sort of um, the early, uh, you know, whether it's through um, Greenlight or, or whether it's just a, um, an early access game. When they first come out, sort of people think, oh, this, this game's really good, it's still in development, blah, blah, and there's a lot of chat about them. Um, the same as something like Darkest Dungeon, which when that came out on early access, I'd heard a lot about and, and picked up and really enjoyed right. it. But when it, when it released you didn't have a huge amount of fanfare for it. It just sort of was like, uh, it's, it's now fully updated, it's now full release, this is everything we're going to do with it, we'll, we will patch extra bits in and, and you know tinker and add some things, but here's the finished product. And it was like, oh, okay. Well, it's kind of just like you've already released it and you're just updating it, as most games these days do. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a problem with, with early access. Now, did you buy the full best of bullfrog bundle or just those two games no i didn't buy the best of i just bought the two the two games probably probably smart um, yes well i did think do i buy the big bundle and and spend more money or just just the couple that actually i thought i'd want to to replay again um i think I, what I, else do you get you get a couple of populous yeah i was and, just say populous uh one uh, i've heard so much about as like landmark game that still holds up according to generic video game podcast number four um and it's three dollars right now so Mm, that's mm. slightly calling towards me um i was going to say so i commented on on uh theme hospital i did you ever play the overlord series no no i was curious because i never played dungeon keeper okay but overlord's a similar vein uh very humorous um you're the overlord of hell running it yeah i've I've heard of the games. There's a couple of them, isn't there? And I yeah, think they actually just released... came out with an expansion or a sequel. I can't remember. Yeah, I think recently they've released uh, another 
game which isn't the same as the previous two. It's a very different kind of game, and they've just used the Overlord name to try and yeah, I push think you're right. Yeah, but I can't remember what that kind of game was. Um, it might come to me later on, but um, but no. So yeah, Bullfrog, fantastic developer back in the day, and you know even today, Theme Hospital, Dungeon Keeper, both of them stand up now. Um, maybe not so much graphically um, but you know if you're going back to games like this you probably don't care about things like graphics as, yeah. as I don't so much I mean um, with the older games you forgive them for for their sort of aesthetic <laughs> style you, you forgive them for not being modern because they weren't from the because modern they era. weren't exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I, I will say for those of you who've managed to, to not know about good old games it actually started um, from people wanting to legitimately play these old games yeah. that you can't play because they were coded for DOS 4.0 or Windows 3.11 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, of course, no longer sold. And so the, the guys behind Good Old Games started tracking down license holders and uh, worked with them to make these things runnable when they weren't. Um, and that they that used to be their niche. They used to only do sort of random old games, and it was a big deal when sort of a a staple title like your theme hospitals or your syndicates came out on Google, good old games. And I say yeah. big deal. I mean in that sort of nostalgia gamer sect. Um, but nowadays they they also um, it's I think with games uh, coming out on the consoles as well as the PC. Publishers are less attached to Steam than they would have been like two to five years ago. Yeah, very because, much. Because yeah. um, now you're seeing a lot of the uh, AAA titles coming out at, on GOG as well, except for certain publishers who clearly don't want a DRM-free version of their game. Yeah, but like I The Witcher that's... 3 and all its bells and whistles that have come afterwards are all good old game right from the get-go. Same... Um, same release date. It's not like they were staggered. No, but it's the the, the difference with The Witcher Three um, is that it's owned by the um, by the same company as Oh, that's um, right. I knew that. Old games, um, and a lot of the games that do come to to GOG um, are more of the smaller budget kind of games. They're kind of the mid tier. Yeah, um, that's fair. Releases, but, uh, and I think with with a lot of those developers. Um, they want to get it out to as many people as possible, don't they? So like you say, they're not so tied to something just like Steam to release their games. And the um, the audience, even though Steam probably has a huge amount of the market share in this regard, well, they're not sort of per- as tied to them. But. It, it doesn't seem like Valve is really doing what they could do, which is sort of saying... Well, what what Sony Microsoft do? You you if you're going on my large platform, you're not going on any other platform of exclusivity. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's going on. Um, what is interesting is um, the Star Wars games of of, of yesteryear, like the mm. which you know the late mid to late nineties was like the height of Star Wars gaming. Ironically, yeah. when the second trilogy, when the prequels came out, that's when Star Wars games died. <laughs> Um, but uh, they all came, almost all of them, like TIE Fighter, X-Wing, Rogue Squadron, etc., they were out on GOG a while before Steam. 
Yes, yeah, um, they were. Um, I think the last batch of releases came out on both at the same time, and th- that would be in the post-Disney acquisition phase, which doesn't surprise me. Mm. But it was interesting that these like solid, high-branded, well-critically-lauded, well-loved and remembered games were were GOG games because that made sense to everyone involved and not yeah. Steam. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, should we move on? Because I'm out of beer. Oh, Tisk. Um, <laughs> I drank my Czech star lager very quickly. Um, as I said, that was an Edison from Electric Bear Brewing Company, who are just down the road from me in Bath. Oh. Um, I've had a couple of their beers. They're very nice in this Czech star lager. Was 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 good. A nice beer to kick off with. Um, I'm still enjoying my uh, delicate IPA, which is what yeah. I'm going to call it. A dipper rather than a um, yeah. Oh, yeah. AIPA. That's your artificial intelligence personal assistant, otherwise known <laughs> as Jarvis. Not Siri. She's not quite that bright yet. She's not quite there. She's not yeah. quite there. Uh, I'm sure Jarvis wasn't either. Oh, Jarvis died, didn't he? Spoiler alert. Did he? Yeah, in the Avengers 2 Age of Moltron. That's when oh, yes, the robot yes, lost all yes. its hair and its skin and grew new ones. Possibly became something else. Um, so, um, whilst you finish that one off, I'm now... Uh, the, the Edison was a, a smaller 330 mobile, um, and I'm now kicking into an Utley Columbo. Um, only a 4% beer, uh, but a pale ale. This is uh, Utley are over in uh, Wales. Okay. Um, but it's a slightly bigger 500ml uh, bottle, so... I may be on this one for some time. Good. Um, I will say that uh, with all of the moving hecticness um, and the fact that, um, as I showed Ben, my uh, uh, former glorious man cave is now just an empty room with two small windows and some awful (laughs) fluorescent lights. Um, and a couple of exposed pipes, though previous owners uh, painted them a lovely uh, red and blue. Um, I have not exactly been gaming. My consoles are now, uh, as of this morning, on a truck, slowly headed its way to Calgary and then Vancouver. So <laughs> we're entering the era that I had before when I left Canada in 2010, where that PS3... Um, um, my PS3 80 gig with the emotion chip has lasted all these years because five of these years it's been in storage and now it's back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's back with its friend Xbone and PS4. Nice. Some um, box. Yeah. All boxed, including games, which I was hesitant because I, uh, I almost wanted to bring some PS4 games just to bring around, um, uh, cause I'm headed back to the UK soon although time question question yes um like i i think we should do it a playthrough of until dawn if we can track down the copy oh, that'd be quality yeah definitely. i have it it's just on a truck um i've been playing mobile games this is what i'm trying to say uh i've been playing the same mobile games as last time which i talked about which was star wars heroes yeah um, which I've played of these mobile hero games. I, it's the first one I picked up. I've been playing it the longest. The it's interesting because the um, it's turn based, um, 
I don't think I actually talked about the gameplay. You basically have a squad of five characters, and depending on the type of level, because there's different sort of uh, different trees you can be on, like cantina battles, light side, dark side, blah, 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 and you get different rewards for these things, which allow you to progress your character. Um, they, uh, But it's turn-based, so sometimes you can call in an ally. You pick someone who you've become friends with, or just a random person, but you get less points. For picking yeah, them. we we chatted about it in the episode a couple, well, a couple of episodes ago, yeah. and I think it's the episode that um, the audio went all to shit went, because went wrong on. Yes, I did not double check when Skype dropped. I mean, it was insanity. I did all I could. Yes, it was a, a small Which, gremlin yeah. inside uh, your computer. I, I don't um, bemoan you, listener, for. Uh, stopping listening to that episode but i do think we had some good chats um so yes star wars uh still playing it um still enjoying it uh i find what i most look forward to now so uh, of the matches types the um a lot of them are just have you leveled up your character and their gear enough no, okay, you will lose this challenge. Yeah. Um, but the arena fights um, are still AI-controlled on the enemy, I think, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But because it's other people's characters, their squad, so yep. the interplay between their squad and how the AI treats them as well as whatever level of gear slash person or character um, slash um, combination because certain characters um, give bonuses yeah. to other ones if they're in the leadership position. Um, so it's really interesting because I consistently, and I'm sure everyone does, but I consistently punch above my weight. Like my team power is fifteen or sixteen thousand, and I can easily, well, I can usually kill the seventeen and sometimes an eighteen to twenty thousand power just because I can out-strategize the... Um, yeah, you have a better combination of characters. and Well, and, and the AI's just sort of hitting attack all of the time. I don't... Yeah. I'm almost to a point where I can predict who they're going to hit. Definitely as soon as a character goes from green health to yellow health, everyone picks on them. Yes, yeah. I remember, um, I remember that from, from when I played the game. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm uh, still enjoying that. Uh, I also uh, am playing... Uh, ironically, I think it's just because I've been so rushed, so really it's like... I've got a few minutes on the can, or I've got a few minutes until uh, a break because I just need to clear my head. It's an ideal game, while the Marvel mm. one... Um, so, uh, the the Marvel one is actually has experience when you play, yeah. versus uh, Star Wars, where you, the only experience is when you use training droids. Yes. Uh, which costs money to use. Um, but Marvel, you play and you can repeat levels... And you watch, and it goes on autoplay. Mm-hmm. So you, the it, the game has to play through video style the the round. You just don't have to hit any buttons. Oh right, it it doesn't just automatically generate so the, the on, result for- on the the standard missions. You can either do a replay or like a clear ticket is what they call it, which is the like push this button and win the level because you've yeah. already three started. So we know you could do it. No, characters only um, gain experience. Oh, no. Characters can gain experience in two ways. You can get very rare, slash, usually you only get them when they're super weak for the uh, levels of your main team. Yeah. Um, XP chips, 
or you get XP from fighting. So while you're while to progress a character, you need to go get them biometrics. Basically, the standard in Star Wars is called shards. And as you you know you go from one star to six stars, uh, and as you go up star levels, it takes more and more shards. Uh, well, I already forgot what they're called. Um, mm. I, now all I have is stars in my head. Yeah. Uh, balls. Uh, more and more of those things. Biometric chips um, in your uh, to, to go up the levels. And also, so they're yellow stars, but also you can do masteries, which makes the yellow stars red. And you can't go red star past your number of yellow stars. And once you go all red, all yellow, you're done. So it, it it does sound that compared to the games that I was talking about just now, um, that even though the sort of the actions that you're doing in these mobile games are quite simplistic, there's a lot of systems going on in the background, um, yes. which just seem to be that you don't have to actually do anything for, um, but that are just working away so uh, you know the, these different levels of stars that you can obtain and um sort of the, the, the shards ticking over and the gear and things like that you don't actually do that much to to well, get i wouldn't say that um especially in the marvel well, on both the marvel and um star wars ones if you have more stars your characters even if you're like the power level of your star wars team it doesn't go up that much yeah. The, the efficiency, like you can really punch above your weight. Um, and so uh, you also get like crystals, which are the main currency if you do certain daily um, missions. And uh, those are like play three light side levels, play three dark side levels, and yeah. uh, uh, play five hard levels. And all hard levels, which are basically you have to beat a set of levels, mm-hmm. which is a contain- contained table of uh, dot, you know uh, levels linked by a lin- linear path. Um, you then open up the hard mode, and the hard mode is a different path of similar locales. Yeah, not the same amount of zones, which I find odd. But um, each each node, so each level there, um, gives you shards of a certain type, or has a chance of giving you shards of a certain type. Yes, but you yeah, can yeah. only ever play three uh, a hard mo- mode level three times within like a eight hour period or something stupid like that, mm-hmm. or ten hour period. Um, so, especially with those clear tickets, because again, experience just has, has to be spent. Yeah. Um, you can get your crystals by doing these things, but by sort of strategizing that I will focus all of my efforts to get this character more shards. So right now, I think my strongest character is a Jawa. Nice. And part of that is because I find it hilarious. And part of that is his, his electric bolt gun just happens to be super strong. And if it's a droid, they'll probably get stunned. So stunned, they won't attack yeah, you yeah, for I remember a that one, yeah. But um, uh, also because you have access to it, right? So I could get it to five of six stars reasonably quickly because... Yeah. Um, so the cantina levels, which is a separate treadmill, um, is just a sort of a, a linear path. There's no hard mode. Um, but you can, there's no limit on the amount of times you can replay a level mm-hmm. except for your energy. And you have a different set of energy for cantinas versus regular battles. So you can literally just 
log on for the first time of the day, you have full uh, cantina energy, and you just hit clear, 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 and burn all your cantina energy on the same level and get hopefully five-ish of your uh, things, depending on what level you are and how much energy you have. Yeah. Um, and then every sort of type of battle has gains you some sort of points unique to that type of battle, and you can spend that in its own shop. Mm. So there's a, you get cantina points ranging from 13 to 17 in, in my level um, points per battle, if you get it. Again, you might not get it every time. And then at the 400-point level, you get five shards of, of the people who are there. But yeah. what's nice about the Star Wars game is it's always the same characters, hence why you can scream a Jawa up all the way. Nice. While in the Marvel one, they they rotate, but like at a 30-day rotation or something stupid like that. Okay, okay. But it, I suppose the the aim of these games is to keep you coming back as well, isn't it? To keep yeah. you checking in on those sort of, uh, on those time stamps. You know, you know that your energy will be um, replenished within eight hours, so you jump back on at that point, yeah. use it all, and then come back on at that point. And, you know, both in the short term and like with the Marvel one, with it being a 30-day rotation, sort of the long-term that Well, and that's only one of the, the treadmills. And the, but the Marvel game, the rounds, it's, an, it's like an ARPG-ish. So you touch on the bottom left corner of your screen, um, and that's your, like, your movement. Yeah. And you've yeah. got a generic attack button, and then as you level your character up, you get unlock special moves, such that you get a total of six, right? Yeah. Um, but the, each special move has its own sort of timer, refresh time. Mm-hmm. But pretty much uh, you will be hitting, like if you have a six star something, you will be, won't be using regular attack at all very much because of the timers, right? Yeah. So you suddenly your gameplay approach is totally different because you have so many moves that a regular hit is stupid. Mm. Um, and so... I like it. What I don't like is if you just hit attack, it um, automatically paths to the nearest bad guy, or if there's no bad guys, to the little warp tunnel that takes you to the next area where there are bad guys. Yeah, and I find that really yeah. frustrating because sometimes I just you know want to rest one hand or hit like I hit attack. Oh, now it's running me somewhere because I was standing, and it it makes steering awkward. Because it's sometimes AI controlled and sometimes you controlled. Mm. So have you? Because uh, you know, it's a few weeks ago when we chatted about this previously. Have you been playing it since then, or is it something that you've jumped on and off? Uh, you know, you've had a, a break between sort of the periods that you've been playing. Uh, no, I jump on uh, both those games a couple times a day. It'll be an awkward cut anyway. So my beer. <laughs> You're just gonna end the conversation. Awesome. So my uh, this Otley Colombo, um, it's, it's nice. It's got very. Um, Does it? N- it had a very nutty nose to it, and on the first sort of um, couple of sips, even though that that didn't quite come through in the um, sort of in the foretaste, it's got a, a more lingering kind of like nutty flavour to it, um, and it, it's kind of. You know, when we talk about these sort of these roasted sort of flavors mm. in a couple of the, or a roasted texture rather than a flavor within a, a couple of the bits, it's kind of got a little bit of that as well. Not very much, but it's it's almost like a roasted sort of smoked kind of nut mm. flavor to it. Um, I'm not sure whether piney is kind of the right word, um, but 
it's 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 nice though. It's it's. Are very... we talking like a, a a very distinct nut flavor, like a hazelnut, or just sort of like? No, it's just got that sort of. Um... It's only a very slight sort of background flavor, almost. It doesn't come through a huge amount, um, but it, it's nothing. It's not a nut that I can pick out, really. Um, okay. But it's a very easy drinking beer Excellent. in that regard. This this sort of you've kind of got a very slight hoppy, not not very bitter at all. It is it is a pale ale, um, so it's quite light, um, similar to the the, the Czech style lager in that regard. That it's sort of a, almost a very light version um, of of this style of beer. Um, but yeah, it's all right. It's one that I could drink a, a few of. I think. Awesome. Um, my second beer, having finished my first beer, mm. um, is the Dead Eye Double IPA, eight percent alcohol per volume, uh, organically brewed in. And this is actually the reason I was saving this beer of the ones I had lying around for you because you were so tickled. I can't. Shubenacity. Shubenacity. Uh, uh, like you were so tickled by that. Yeah, you were so tickled by the ridiculous uh, naming, well, sorry, the interesting naming of Nova Scotia places that I had to, so you're going to read this out loud. Holy shit. Tata, wait, Tata Magoosh? That's pretty good, yeah. Tata Magoosh. Tata Magoosh Brewing Company from Nova Scotia. Um, They are all organic um, from Tata Magoosh, which is... A small place in Nova Scotia, which is a small place in Canada, which is a large landmass compared to most places in Europe. Um, So they, uh, here, let me see. Um, They give it a one, two, three, four, seven hops. Wow. Oh, not actually seven hops in it. That's just a random arbitrary rating that they have given. Uh, I wish I still had my can of their regular IPA so I could show you that I think it was four or five. Okay. Um, the only beer made with pure Tatama goodness. <laughs> pure. Uh, um, and for those interested, their Facebook and Twitter Twitter are Tata Brew, T-A-T-A-B-R-E-W. Nice. And of course, because it's a Canadian beer, and I really don't know why Canadians just want to be verbose about their beers, I will read you the paragraph that comes along with it. Deadeye is a term for a pulley used on old school shaling. Well, oh, good lord. Let's try that again. Sure. Deadeye is a term for a pulley used on old school sailing ships, thought to be named after the resemblance of a skull. This double IPA is hopped with Hallertau Blanc, giving flavors of passion fruit, grapefruit, pineapple, with hints of pine and citrus. True to the term double, we then dry hopped twice using Hallertau Blanc, Columbus, and Centennial hops. Ooh. Yeah, which is interesting because I didn't actually know that a double IPA... Like I, I mean, it is also 8% alcohol by volume. But I, mm. I always thought, uh, much like uh, Belgian Trappist brews, where you have a double, a triple, a quadruple, th- those are like legit like 9%, 12%, 15% kind of yeah, things. So, yeah. Um, but that a double IPA was a double dry hopping. No, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. I'm expecting a big, big nose from this. Seven hops. Seven hop rating would yeah, suggest. Seven hop rating. So, 
And um, and double dry hopping would suggest so. Yeah, so what I'm really curious about is what it'll taste like versus smell like. Like they both yeah. are Hollertau, Hollertau Blanc um, based hoppings. Yep. But we've got um, just Hollertau Blanc on the taste and Columbus and Centennial added in on the dry hoppings. Mm. Um, wow, I can s- uh, no one can see this except me, but I poured it sort of from my nose, a foot to the left and a foot and a half down, and I can smell it from here. I can smell nice. the citrus. Um, also, uh, Ben, you'll notice that it is quite a lot more heady. Yes, very much. Very similarly colored. Mm-hmm. Not quite as cloudy-ish. I would say slightly more amber in color, but I think yeah, that's just because yeah. it's slightly less cloudy. And so mm. it's almost the same color, maybe a little lighter. A bigger head. Oh, oh. Wow, that nose is super interesting. Uh, not too bitter. Looks good. Super. It, it's got that skunkiness you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, um, yeah. A touch of sweetness. And um, there's a tropical fruit that's not citrus. Okay. Um, not not tangy. It, it's probably the passion fruity thing they were mentioning. I can't remember mm, whether it was in the mm. regular or the dry hopping. Whatever. It, it's definitely got that sort of... At some point. Yeah, not... Super tangy, not super sweet, but very obviously tropical smelling. Coupled with this, and it, it melds with the skunkiness in a way that I wouldn't have suspected, but it just produces this very uniform uh, nose. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh. Interesting. It's completely um, different? No, it's quite similar. Okay. Um, you don't get that passion fruity, I'm saying, because I'm, I'm just stealing their note. You don't get that tropical <laughs> uh, uh, taste. Um, yeah. That's more on the nose, is it, than, than it is in the taste? Yeah, um, yeah, which I think is wrong according to their description. I think it, the Holler Tau Blanc is supposed to give it. Um, it barely dries their mouth with hop, hoppiness. Um, yeah. But... I think that's because the sweetness is still there and it's lasting as long as the hoppiness. Mm. And it's, again, not like a super sickeningly, sickeningly or strong sweetness. It's just a, that that sweetness is there such that it it's, it's just tempering that long hop. And I can yeah. tell that both are there, but both are staying together. Nice. Whilst I really like you enjoy, um, and whilst I enjoy. Oh yeah, think of a grapefruit with just the right amount of sugar in the morning. Yeah, okay. So like that, the the harsh tanginess is just gone, but you still get the the heart of the grapefruit. Mm. That's the main taste of this. Again, I'm probably influenced by their their comments, but I do think it's it's that not over like that. The Goldilocks grapefruit. Mm. Mm. I know what you mean. This, this is um, a really interesting but tasty IPA. 8%. Yeah, I mean, this Colombo sort of, uh, you know, the more I drink it, the more it sort of gives you almost. Um, 
it's kind of got that, even though it's got this nutty sort of feel, uh, it, it, more in the background and in, in the sort of the aftertaste, you've kind of got that slight, very, very slight sourness in the four. Not much at all, but it kind of, it, it, it's the thing that I couldn't quite pick out on the four taste, sort of, uh, as soon as you get it, you do have a slight sourness and it's probably something like one of the tropical fruits that uh, seem to be in everything or, or just seem to, to have a very um, sort of potent mm. uh, uh, flavour and, and be able to sort of push through everything else almost um, on this Colombo. Um, but it's sort of, it, it's nice that I'm about halfway through the beer and it's still giving me, you know, on on, on on the taste, it's giving me different things or... I'm discovering something slightly different. It different sounds moments. perfectly named because it sounds kind of bubbling at first, but later you find out it's been paying attention the whole time. Exactly. Almost like it's looking in the opposite direction and ignoring you completely, but knows exactly what you're up to. Ah, uh, the Peter Falk. <laughs> that, was, that was my impression. That wasn't just a random noise that I made. Um, oh, so is that what um, that was? I, th- I thought <laughs> Skype might have screwed up again. Let's um, let's move on to our. It, I'd say it's the topic for oh. the episode. I was going to say some garbage about how I tried the Ninja Turtles one because I was oh, feeling yes. nostalgic. Uh, I've talked too much about stupid mobile games that are basically Mo- treadmills, but the Ninja Turtle ones is absolutely boring. Well, and if, if we, um, uh, you know, next episode, if you haven't managed to play anything else. You can bore us with the details yeah. of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mobile games. I will say that it is structured similar to the Star Wars game, turn-based, um, and it manages to make the fights very boring. Anyway, oh, the, so it turns out you this like recipe that so many people have taken on mobile games, it turns out it's screw-up-able. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what is our topic, Ben? So our topic uh, for the episode is... The large gaming exhibition that happens every year over in LA, E3. Last episode, we made some predictions about the things we wanted to see. Um, no, that's a lie. That's a complete lie. We didn't make predictions. We just we, we, said we had, the things that we wanted to see. We yeah, predicted nothing. We specifically, we specifically said the things we wish would happen, but probably knew we wouldn't. Um, exactly. Out of curiosity, what does E3 mm. stand for? The Electronics Entertainment Expo. Uh, wrong. Oh. Electronics Entertainment Exposition Expo oh. is a shortening. That's you lose yes. ten points. Fine, fine. <laughs> On the points uh, well of naming things correctly. Um, I, I, I just, I. Most of the Out of Lives podcasts seem to have some sort of quiz, so that was our one and only tanked up question. <laughs> and I failed. <laughs> you failed by getting it right in almost all contexts except for pedantic, but it's tanked up, so of course that means a lot. It's got to be pedantic. It's anyway, so um, yeah, so uh, I was packing house and yes. then off to Croatia for a wedding, which uh, was in Dubrovnik, uh, Croatia. Which the old town of which it, oh, I've said which way too many times. The old town of drop. I'm gonna cut the, the this book. out. I sound drunk. <laughs> um, the old, the old town of Dubrovnik uh, is actually King's Landing in the Game of Thrones. Oh, actually, nice. actually. Um, so all throughout the town, uh, 
there's Game of Thrones memorabilia, like official Game of Thrones merchandise yeah, yeah. for sale in random shops. Also, there's there's people selling tours where you can go to places that no longer have set pieces, but this guy <laughs> knows it was filmed, filmed there. But what I found was super interesting was only a few months ago, Star Wars Rogue One was also filmed in and around there. And All so right. they started Star Wars tours, but mostly... There's just Star Wars memorabilia everywhere, and no one knows that Rogue One was filmed there, so everyone's just like, what's up with the Star Wars shit? That's really Um, fucking random. Yeah. Anyway. Awesome, um, but random. Yeah, so um, uh, I was not around playing games. Oh, also, what I was going to say is they got married in one of the two churches in the old town. Not the big cathedral, but the smaller one, because Catholic wedding, not-so-Catholic husband. Right. That's the word. Um, But... The reception was was on an island, a restaurant on an island off the coast of Dubrovnik, and I shit you not, we took a pirate ship, no sails, motor, but a pirate ship to the island. Quality. It was ridiculous. Anyway, um, so you didn't get. To see I didn't much play of any through. games, <laughs> and you didn't get to see any of the uh, conferences. Um. I thought I got news, but I apparently got it wrong because I thought something happened with Red Dead 2 and you're about to tell me nothing happened with Red Dead 2. No, nothing happened with Red Dead 2. We saw nothing of Red Dead 2. There was no Rockstar as normal with E3. Rockstar don't normally turn up um, and it doesn't appear that they did so this year either. Um, so yeah, we. I just thought I'd run through a few of my highlights um, because you haven't seen much. I'll catch you up on a few things um, and we can chat about them for sort of the next half an hour or so. Um I mean, there's no easy way to sort of do this. So I suppose I'll start at the beginning. Um, We did. EA. EA. Electronics Entertainment. Electronic Arts. Electronics Entertainment. What the fuck am I talking about? The Electronic Entertainment Exposition. Uh, So EA. Electronic Arts. So yeah, at the Electronic Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Electronic Arts had a... Presentation? What do you call those things? Good well, lord, did, I've they, lost it, it too. It, well, they, they call them conferences. Um, That's right, conferences. I, I was under the impression, I don't know where I got this impression from, that EA weren't doing a conference. They were just having um, uh, an EA Play event that oh, they were just they opening were up to the public. EA. They put Sorry? their event on right before E3 because they weren't part of E3. They had EA Play, which just so happened to be the two days before E3. Those well, it was cuts. on. It, it, yeah, I mean, it was the evening before, and um, they still had about. Uh, uh, well, they had a conference as such, and they still showed off a load of trailers and stuff to a big audience and streamed it on the internet. Oh, and it's stuff. E3. So they, still, they just want to pretend like they're cool, like they, they're doing something but different, desperate, they, they like Ubisoft. I mean, they they showed off their normal fair, you know, their sports franchises. They showed a little bit of Battlefield One, uh, some absurd Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, Which is Mass Effect dev- 4. Now, is it a new story in the universe, or are you somehow undoing the end of 3? No, I believe it's Unknown? completely different. I believe it's completely different. Um, so universe, but in, not character. Um, universe, character, it's all different. Everything. Um, it's set in the Andromeda galaxy, uh, I, you know, from the name. Um, and I believe that it is completely separate to the original Mass Effect trilogy. Oh. You're not Shepard. You are a different character. No, but are you in the same universe? Um, yes. Because otherwise, it's, it's, the it's same. doing that, that really dirty thing of 
having an IP you think is weak and just slapping a name on it. Exactly. It's it, that's that's not the case. I believe it is in the same universe, even though it's in a completely different part of the universe. And you will be experiencing, well, from what they've said, you'll be experiencing different things. You know, there's different races and and uh, none of which are pod. No, not those kind of races. Um, they have races. said that the, the the one of the big differences between this and the um, the original trilogy is that they kept saying it that you're the alien, um, that you're very much going into um, systems and planets that are inhabited by other people and yeah you're the invader that um, now are you still human uh i believe so the because uh, it would be much better um if you had if you had to play as not a generic white dude or now generic standard race male or female which i will give mass effect the credit that they've done um yeah they have especially with the the uproar that um happened with rust Mm. Um, which we talked about before, where you yeah. just got tied to a human to race and, and gender. Yeah. Um, I don't think they did mixed races in, in Rust, um, but they... I don't actually remember the, the breadth of race, and race is a total societal construct anyway, so what counts as a race and doesn't is super subjective, but it would kind of be nice to not have any humans like i don't want to be the alien invading humans i don't want to be the human invading aliens i want to be an invader just just completely separate and and i don't want any sort of weird special racial bias yeah and i don't see why that wouldn't be a problem but it would also put um assuming you can choose gender Mm -hmm. if there is a thing in your alien thing heritage uh, heritage DNA. When we're talking about heritage yes. and DNA, like they're the same thing. Blah. Um It would put everyone on the same playing field, right? Like it would. It would be. Yeah. S- and and I don't think this type of game cares. It doesn't like, like well. No, it gameplay doesn't, wise, doesn't need to be tied. Doesn't need to be yeah, tied exactly. to humans. But anyway, I mean, it, it's uh, it, yeah. I mean, it looks interesting, but you didn't really get a huge amount of gameplay. Um, was it mostly cutscenes? Yeah, it was mostly sort of render cutscenes. They that's talked EA's bread and butter, and right? Them and 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 uh, and actual gameplay footage, PlayStation Sony footage that turns out never to surface, um, are the standards of EA. Uh, yeah, three. Ah, fuck. Yeah, I know. We're You've talking about EA. We'll move it. off of EA because we keep talking EA E three. Which one is it? Well, Nobody well, knows. Well, they do know. Um, uh, but they does. did show. Um, hold on. Uh, yeah, go on. I was going to say they did show a very very small amount. Uh, a montage of Star Wars information. Um, it was one of my big wants that I wanted. I wanted something Star Wars. And and when I was chatting about my wants, I did say, you know, even if it's the tiniest trickle of information, yay! And now we've had the tiniest trickle of information. I'm sort of yeah, thinking, that's, bull- that's bullshit. <laughs> you're, you're E3, where you nothing. claim you only want, you have small expectations, but when the, on the off chance the small expectations are met, it turns out they were very large and you're fucking pissed. Exactly, exactly. Uh, um, so yeah, what was the trickle? Wanted... So they, they showed a little bit of... Uh, whether it was cut. It, it, they showed a little bit of in-engine 
um, characters and you know uh, the the Amy Hennig um, led um, Star Wars project that's going on, uh, which is visceral uh, making. I think that's the visceral one. Um, basically, you saw the back of the character's head walking out from a uh, from a building into what looked like um, Tatooine into a sort of a desert uh, town, but very detailed. Um, a lot of effects going on with with uh, the lighting, and it looked very good. But you had five, six seconds of that, um, and it was a lot of developers talking, saying, "We love Star Wars. We love making Star Wars games. Yay!" And showing so, you f- cool. So there were more than one Star Wars games announced, but you didn't really ne- learn anything. So, yeah, I, I I think they're Visceral are making a Star Wars game. Respawn are making a Star Wars game. The same guys who are making. Um, Titanfall, um, and there's another developer. Titanfall two, you mean, or Titanfall? Uh, sorry, yes, sorry, Titanfall two, yeah, yeah. And there's another uh, developer. You, you have making... to tell me more about that because that's one of the things I was super interested in and happy that happened. But let's so, finish Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, well, there's not really much to finish. You didn't get much. It was it was just a, a reel of developers saying we love working on Star Wars and cap, you know, screens of the backs of their heads sat at a computer rendering a TIE fighter or something along those lines that showed them we're working on Star Wars games here's a stock sort of footage of us doing so and it was kind of disappointing um, only because I actually did want as much information on the Star Wars games. It was disappointing because you you wanted the thing and didn't get it. Yes, exactly. Um, But you got something close which is the worst. Um... I believe it's called E3 Blue Balls. Yeah, it definitely is. Completely uh, is. B3. Uh, what B3. would the third B be? Blue Balls. Bollocks. Wow, that's yeah, the same thing. Blue work. Bollocks Bastard. Ooh. Very harsh, though. That's quite aggressive. Bast- oh, yeah, right. I forget that Bastard's worse on that side of the pond than here. Anyway, Bethesda, another B. Led us in very Easy. well there. They didn't really show much that I gave a shit about. They, but so so last time they made a big splash, and everyone was hoping that uh, the trend they set would continue. Of yep. Oh, it turns out we've been working on this, and it's almost done, and you're going to get it in six months. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're they're doing a couple of things. I mean, the the I suppose the the thing that will get people going the most is that they're doing a Skyrim special edition which is an upgraded version of Skyrim, which is coming out later this year. So it's, um, it's a hit re-render on the textures? Exactly, and they're bringing it to the current generation consoles. But, I mean, I wasn't a fan of Skyrim when it first came out. So I, did, it's I, I think I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this on this podcast or one of my few uh, guest spots on out of something or other. Um, but I made it about 10 minutes past the first dragon in Skyrim. Mm. I mean the first dragon. Not the first, like, proper dragon fight. I mean the first dragon. Yeah, I managed less than 25 minutes in Skyrim. And a lot of it, I think, had to do with just finding swordplay and the first person's perspective really clunky and the lore um, world building just sucked in the beginning and and yes nerds out there i'm sure it got better and better and if i had played the earlier games i would have known better that it would do that but blah blah fuck you um 
it didn't it didn't grip me and i didn't play morrowind and i didn't blah so so uh, I, I i played morrowind and um and and didn't really like the bethesda sort of <coughs> formula from there because just because of the the mmos that i played you know these very fleshed out worlds filled with other people to play with i was going to say that was my problem was it was an mmo without all the riffraff except the yeah, riffraff completely. is why you play and by that i mean other players um, because let's face it, they are riffraff, but you still want to have them around. Um, yes. yeah, it just, it, it was oddly solitary in a, in a really boring way, mm, which is definitely. weird for such a flexible game by all, uh, testimony. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, so we're getting that with bigger textures. Oh, 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 ah, Segway. Are we getting it in 4K textures? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But if we move to Microsoft, they did announce that... Is it in the holiday of 2017? What is dubbed Project Scorpio, which is their um, new hardware, will be released. Um, But uh, they also announced the, the Xbox Slim, which there's been chat I, I haven't confirmed this i haven't looked at it too much um whether this slim can actually run 4k games 4k movies i would assume not because isn't that the big difference between the slim and the next box well i don't know the next the the, the scorpio has got you know x amount of teraflops of ram or whatever the fuck it's um, got it's got so, some kind so of so i read about if shit. um the leaks are close to what they actually released. Um, the suspected teraflops of the PS3 are about the PS3 4.5 are yeah. about three times the PS4, which is the strongest ever. Mm. And the next box is uh, closer to 10. So wow. like a substantial amount on the proposed PS4. The next PS4. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it almost seems at this point that they're, you know, a lot of the games that they talked about, a lot of the games that Microsoft talked about, are going to be um, cross Windows 10 and Xbox One um, compatible. Not compatible. Oh, yeah, compatible. And the, if you pick them up on one, you'll, you'll be yeah, you, you'll be able to get them on something else. So there's no longer um, a sort of Xbox One exclusive because you'll have the availability um, on a PC or at least on a Windows 10 uh, operated PC. And um I'm really curious. So this is a thing I did hear a little about, thanks to the Out of Lives uh, chatting um, menage that that goes on in the background. Um, I'm really curious as whether they will be doing things like they did with Quantum Break, mm. where buy Quantum Break for the Xbox One, get it for Windows, which is really handy for me now, having yes. no Xbox One and I'm like, I swear to God, two levels away from the end. <laughs> uh, I, now, I don't know whether I have to replay all that crap. I don't know if it's um, cl- cross, cross cloud like cloud saved. saved. Yeah. Um, but I would be okay with it not being. I really enjoy that game. Um, it and my, like, oddly only three hours with Sunset Overdrive made me really enjoy uh, the Xbox One, as, specifically the controller. Yeah, it's better than DDS4. I hate to break it to you. 
PlayStation fans. I mean, I've I've never really experienced. You know, I, I didn't have a 360, so I, I've never really experienced the um, the control pad that came with the 360. I had the the, the original Xbox and had the Duke, and then the, the ah, yeah. smaller version that they um, that they released. But the, the Japanese Duke, the the the, <laughs> the fucking massive one. Um. But I, I mean, I've always preferred the PlayStation control pad just I because really... I've grown up with it, I suppose, and and that's sort of what I primarily used. Ergonomically, it's um, I've I've noticed the difference in long play sessions. Yeah. And cramping, uh, the Steam controller is slightly more. Um, if you were looking at the controller, hold the controller like a sandwich. A uh, sandwich. Yeah. That you're holding opposite so that you flip it and eat. I just realized because your thumbs are on the top, not the bottom. Um, it's slightly thinner. So your fingers and thumb are closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, the two um, legs, for lack of a better word, where, where your hands are rest against gains yeah. um, that extend from the, the buttons, are slightly more flared out. And, of course... Instead of having two analog sticks, they're touch pads, so you can sort of set your hand in different ways if you have different sized hands and, and make that comfortable. I think it, it's honestly, I think, the most comfortable controller to play a long session mm. with. I will say, I'm sure there's games, especially like Twitch fighting games, where unless you really get used to the touch controls, because like the left the left touch control has some um, scoring on the touchpad for up down left right mm-hmm. and and if you put your thumb in the center and just barely move your move it uh around you will go in those directions okay and, yeah yeah but i mean especially having played mobile games all week like it's super clunky to move with touchpads mobile games are particularly bad because there's not a spot you just touch somewhere on the screen and then you have to lean to the left to go left uh, and you might have mispicked that spot and you have to sort of lift up and put back down. At least this is sort of a concrete hardware disc. Yeah, but yeah. It's still, it's still a thing you have to get used to. Um, I think if I solo gamed with that for a long time, I would really like the uh, get, like those controls. But right now it's just too finicky for me to do even moderately. Yeah, that's fair. Games. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so we'll move on from Microsoft, but I will say that the two things that um, uh, from Microsoft really that, that jumped out at me, um, which we have a little bit of information on, um, which do look very cool, is Sea of Thieves, which is Rare's new game where you are a pirate, very co-op based game, and uh, Gwent, which is the Witcher card game, both of which look really good. Um, um, so, so this is the card game that actually happens in The Witcher. Or in The Witcher Three, yes, yes. Um, Sea of Thieves, I'm actually not familiar with. Is this like... Oh, balls. Uh, is this more like... Um, Black Flag um, without the assassinations? <laughs> or is it completely different piracy? I mean, that's sort of almost what I took from it. That It, it was kind of... They wanted to make a, a, a game where you and your friends... <sighs> work a pirate ship and have encounters with other pirates... Um, and have to, you know, other player-made um, ships and get into battles, but you, you get into real the mechanics of how a ship would um, would sail. 
Um, right. You know, you need someone to be steering. You need someone to work the sails. You would want someone up in the, the crow's nest to be able to see into the distance and spot things further off. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a very fun, fun co-op multiplayer game um, to have a group of friends to be able to jump on a ship and harass other people as pirates and just drink gog. Grog, gog? No, we talked about gog earlier. Drink grog. And I think that's the, good retro old games. Oh, we're dead. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, um, so, uh, I mean, the other conferences, the PC game one, it didn't give me sort of what I wanted. It was very, let's sit down and talk about this game. Let's show a very brief trailer very quickly, and then let's move on to this big title. And it kind of was a bit... Uh, I think part of the problem is PC gaming just isn't a platform the same way that Xbox has Microsoft and Sony has... Uh, PlayStation, I realize I invented Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, and I've always found this with with the E3 PC side. Like, um, the I think the most interesting things PC wise are end up being like the cross platform things, where they're like, you know, but of course they don't explain that this is also coming to PC because yes, they want to. Yes. You just have to read between the lines, so you sort of just pay attention to consoles, find out that these cool games are coming and these ones aren't. And sometimes there's exclusives to PC, um, mm. which this year I was actually hoping to hear more about because of the complete domination of VR that PC currently has. You, they did show a few um, VR um, games. There was Killing Floor. Um, which oh, Killing Floor uh, VR. Creating, yeah, they're creating a VR version for And Super Hot, which they're making a VR version for as what? well. What? Yeah. Oh, so, you just made my day. Super Hot VR. Yeah. I've been mucking about with drivers and shit and by that i mean i was until everything went to shit and i had to move to to see if i could oculize oculus it, yeah. now you're telling me they're doing that in a professional manner they are they are so you should be able to experience that i think that's this year as well Fair um, enough. from um, if memory serves that was a, a, a 2016 you mean if ram serves Ooh. um so yeah i mean the pc game one wasn't fantastic uh, but ubisoft just, I'm going to skip Ubisoft because <laughs> they show the same fucking thing all the time. Like, which is pre-rendered they, they footage showed, of Assassin's they, they, Creed. Exactly, they showed. Oh, you know, just just dance, hear, just dance again every year. Um, I did Ooh. hear that uh, their most successful franchise has become a franchise. Watch Dogs Two was announced. It was. They did show a little bit of that. Um, is Dude we, Guy the same? Is it the same protagonist? No, no, different protagonist, different city. It's now set in San Francisco. I mean, Watch Dogs had a lot of potential to be a great game. They had a, they think... set in a lot of mechanics and things, but it just didn't deliver on those. They didn't... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They didn't execute them in a very yeah. good uh, way, I think basically. the two big hang-ups that I have heard about and uh, and agree with are... For no apparent reason, you had to find telecommunications towers to climb to the top of to reveal all your your um yeah your they did they did quests. that stock Ubisoft. It's like wow, this is just a reskinned Assassin's Creed moment. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, by Watch, Watch Dogs exactly was that. It was just a reskinned Assassin's Creed um, set in the future with a few extra. I mechanics. did like the hacking. I thought it was very simplistic, but I thought it the world building around it was really good. I didn't yeah. care that the little puzzles were not hard. That's not the point. You're supposed to be a super hacker, so these hacks should be straightforward for you. Yeah. Um, 
The driving was absolute fuck all shit, though. Yeah, it was. And that was for the game of that type, which is basically open world GTA ripoff with weird Ubisoft tinges, um, mm. you cannot have oddly heavy yet sometimes light cars that steer like cows. Yeah, completely. As the default. Hopefully, they've tightened that up, but maybe. I mean, an open world game sort of relies upon a, a faster method of transport than just your character sort of running or walking through the environment. Well, so, and that was the problem, right? With Watch Dogs Two, they've sort of just made that a little bit better. Really, I, I um, think if they had spent like a month more on tightening the driving, even forgetting the like, this is obviously an Assassin's Creed reskin. I think if the driving was tighter, and actually, I mean tighter in the sense of design but also literally if you're turning etc was tighter it would have completely different reviews i'm not saying it would have been nines and tens although in the gaming world that's a nine is basically all right um but like i think it would have had from like sixes to eights easy if they just fixed that one problem because driving was a big part of the game because it's yeah anyway um so ubisoft was boring it was um and I'm my highlights. My whole highlight of E3 was the Sony conference. But I, I mean, I, I am a little bit of a Sony fanboy, really. But I sort of almost feel like I sort of want to talk about that on our next episode because there's a lot of things in there that I know. A, your... I know a lot more about than a lot of the other conferences. So I want to unpack and get into. Okay, so from what I understand, it was the most interesting, most dynamic, less, most non-marketing, like Completely. let the game speak for themselves. It was um, just, it was just a very fluid conference. It, it, they they very easily moved between the games that they wanted to show. There wasn't a lot of chat. The only developer they brought on stage was Kojima because. He's a fucking, you know, in terms of game developers, he is a superstar. Wait, what did uh, Kojima say? Uh, He came on an uh, Unleashed, he didn't unleash, he he showed us the... Unveiled. um, Unveiled, that's it, thank you. Death Stranding, which is the name of his new game. Um, It's got Norman Reedus in it. Uh, No, no, not at all. Basically, Norman Reedus, he wakes up on a beach, he's naked... He's got a baby attached to him through some kind of umbilical cord, which is not an umbilical cord. It looks, looks more like an electrical cable. And suddenly the baby is gone, and it's you see its poor, poor prints. Fucking hell. You see its hand prints. Um, it crawled away. In, in, yeah, impressed into the sand and crawling away. Um, graphically, and then that, suddenly that, there was that, only one set of footprints. Yeah. Well, there was just, just hand prints. There was no knee crawling prints. Wait, but I mean, this, I don't this know what... magic electrical baby can Handstand walk on baby. its hands. Handstand, exactly. Um, whatever engine Electric they're making, yoga on, baby it looks fucking fantastic. Cool. Whatever they've used to capture to capture uh, Redus is, you know, they, they're picking up sort of almost the imperfections in in his skin, on his face, and his, awesome. the way that his hair sits and and just, sort I'm of gonna just guess... naturally frames his face. It's just fucking absurd, like. I'm guessing it's rendered in Frostbite because everything's rendered in Frostbite. <laughs> yeah, everything. Um, so, um, that's super cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. Can you give me your top one or two 
I know you want to hold things uh, till the next episode, but can you give me like a nugget of so PlayStation a, a nugget. Goodness? So the the I would think the the top thing that I got the most excited for was um, Capcom had a trailer for a uh, a horror game, which a lot of people will now know what that is. Uh, but it, it came through and it said before Kitchen, and Kitchen was Capcom's VR demo last year, which was supposedly terrifying. Um, and it it showed a man walking around a house in a first-person view, very similar aesthetic to what, the same engine, I would think, as Kitchen, very um, similar tone, dark sort of setting. And at the end, it came up with, um, uh, uh, basically just said V-I-I, and then filled in the rest of the title as Resident Evil 7. And at that point, I just sort of sat here, sort of, you know, mouth agape, just looking at it thinking, holy shit, that's fucking awesome. Um, and at the end of that trailer, they then said, the demo is now live for PlayStation Plus. Oh, I Plus. didn't know that. Users um, and I have it sat on my my PS4 ready to play through. Um, that I mean, they did show there's a lot of games in there that I really liked the look yeah, of things I, like I mean, God of War and Days Gone. But that was no, no, that one no, moment that that really just stood out. Um, from what I understand, the aim of Seven is to go back to the roots, less action, more horror. Yeah. I would think so. Um, it seems a bit different that it's framed in a, in a first-person uh, perspective, um, much more akin to something like PT or Amnesia, something like that. Mm. Um, uh, and it almost, you kind of feel that maybe they've, they've taken that formula for, the, for the, the horror games that have been coming out more recently and doing quite well and gone, we should be making a game like this. But not on the Wii. Well, no, won't be on the Wii. Won't be on the Wii U. Um, might be on the NX. Don't know though. But they've sort of. It, it, it's almost like they've made it. They've been making a first-person horror game, and they've gone. Well, this kind of fits with Resident Evil. Let's let's put the name to it almost. But I haven't played the demo, so I can't. Fair enough. Elaborate um, much more I, on that. I know uh, with 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 a, uh, an emerging parasite on the way. Oh, actually, emerging former parasite at that time. Yeah. Um, depending on your views of breastfeeding, um, you may not have the time to to boot it up and and give it a play uh, before we talk next. But um, I'm super interested. Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I will. Hopefully and if not, I'm super. Again, like I said, I got zero E3 news except for Sony had a great conference, and no one talked about consoles. Except Xbox, in a very more hand wavy than a bad philosophy talk, he says in the <laughs> yeah, most very niche much. reference possible. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I look forward to our talk next time. Um, if we wanted to ask you specific questions about E3, how how would I do that? You can tweet me at Nova underscore forty seven, or. You could email, and I may answer the email if Adol doesn't, uh, tankedupcast at gmail.com. You can throw a dot in the middle. It doesn't matter because it's Gmail, and you put dots True. anywhere, and it doesn't matter. Also, if you didn't know that, have fun. Now you can subscribe to mailing lists and have message rules up the wazoo. <laughs> the exactly. wazoo, um, if you don't know where it is, ask your parents. Um, ooh. Ooh. 
You can also tweet us as a whole um, at tankedup underscore cast. Um, you can also go on to the Out of Lives Network and tweet at Out of Lives Pod. We have a big, big website, outoflives.net. Which is very much a gaming and pop culture. Um, also, sometimes breaking news. I mean, often breaking news. Often the, breaking news. Um, to the point where we had fucking problems with our servers during E3. Because yep. we had things to say, and our servers couldn't handle the amount of people who wanted to hear Too it. many people wanted to look at it. <laughs> um, also, uh, there is the somewhat generic email of podcast at outoflives.net. Oh, Don't yes. worry, the emails will go to the correct podcast, he says, with his fingers and toes crossed. Um, you can also how reach we... me. Hmm? I was going to say, how do we reach you on Twitter? Uh... Oh, we both went to the same same. Yes, we did. Uh, at the Omniarch, T-H-E-O-M-N-I-A-R-C-H. You can also add me to your Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, GOG, or whatever the thing is, unless it's Twitch, at the Omniarch. Um, yes. uh, I, having said that, I don't have an Xbox thing that's not on a truck headed to either Calgary or Vancouver. Um... Which, for those across the pond, is about six thousand miles to, or kilometers to the left. Um, again, where left means west. Yes. Uh, e, I do have my Vita still, so I can uh, do some PlayStation Network nonsense. Ooh. But basically, uh, I'm going to be a Steam guy. Surprise, surprise! Nice, nice. for the uh, foreseeable future. Um, Whilst the sale is going on. Um, if so uh, we'll... if I wanted to catch you on some networks, how would I contact you, Ben? I'm the same Nova underscore forty seven Steam uh, PlayStation, not on Xbox. Even though my Steam name is at Nova uh, no Nova underscore forty seven, who stole my name? My screen name is Nova underscore forty seven, which I believe you can still use to uh, to if find me. Yeah, uh, yeah. We also have a tanked up group, which we do nothing with on Steam. Uh, we do use our tanked up Facebook. Um, page, which we, do. we encourage you to jump to. Um, there's also a generic Out of Lives Facebook page, which says more things about other things. Uh, and the last thing I will say is uh, if you are an avid listener of podcasts, you know that iTunes ratings are a huge... Um, it's a big deal uh, for us, uh, for any podcast, because that puts us up in the charts. Chart- does. It gets uh, more eyes to it, to us. It gives more feedback. Also, email us because we love feedback. Um, and uh, obviously, we prefer five star ratings. But really, if you want to give us a one star, I'd be okay with that. I just want to know what you are feeling. And if you hate the North American diatribes, that's fine. It probably <laughs> won't change, but I'd love to know. Uh, no, to finish. In a brief one-sentence way, what was your favorite beer? Uh, the double IPA. By far, nice. I think uh, it was um, oddly, again, weak, but um, like weak in the sense of IPAs, but it was it, there was so much depth. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell it was 8%. There was hop, there were hops going on in the nose and the taste, which I think... It's one of the reasons I love IPAs, and so the fact that the first IPA had apparently no dry hopping was sort of odd. Mm. 
Um, I like the fact that sometimes there's this tension between nose and taste, especially because um, a lot of taste comes from what you smell. Yeah. But because of dry hopping, you can get this very distinct difference. Yeah. Um, so, yes, the... Do you remember what it was? Tatanumushtushus. The Tatamagoosh. There you go. Uh, did I double IPA from Tatamagoosh Brewing Company is my beer of the week. I don't nice. know why I'm doing this radio <laughs> fucking shtick. Um, what was your beer of the week? My beer of the week was the Otley Columbo simply because um, it after solved I finished mystery it. in a way that you didn't foresee. <laughs> <laughs> or because I just have another one. Oh, that's handy. Go. It is, it is. I think if it, uh, if that was, I was on a night out and um, I'd had that beer, I would very Stick easily be able to drink a couple more of those. Um, very light, very nice, very sessionable uh, pale ale. Uh, the, the, the Edison, the Czech style lager from um, was that Electric Bear. It was, it was good, but... It was nice as a one-off, almost. I'm not sure I would... Um, you know, it's not often that I now pick a lager um, or a, yeah, a pilt that, that sort of style beer these days. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think the Otley Colombo was the winner for me. I, I so, will say this about the Workhorse IPA, just quickly, along the lines of your um, disclaimer about the other one, is it was super interesting. I've never had an IPA taste like this. Uh, it was too smooth. Uh, okay. And by too smooth, I mean it was really smooth and refreshing, and that's very unique in the IPA world. Um, yeah. But uh, if I'm looking for an IPA, I'm never going to look for this beer. Is the problem? Uh, fair enough. Cool. Right. So for another week, we have been, been tanked up. up. We have. We always are. Oh, so much beer. Thank you very much for listening. Take it easy. Bye. Oh my god, I said bye, not ciao. No ciao. The world is ending. Right. If you're ready. Oh, uh, I, I, was, I was born ready. Born ready to podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was born ready to podcast in 1983, where the <laughs> internet was still just a fledgling <laughs> academic network. But that's exactly what they thought of. They thought, hmm, we shall have shows one day where yeah. people well, One day, the bandwidth will be so high, it'll be, sound better than most radio. <laughs> and people exactly. will, will, it will be so accessible that people will have programs on demand, so to speak, not scheduled, of the most ridiculous niches <laughs> possible. <laughs> I think when they were making it, they just saw a cat outside and thought, I know what this is for. A Pictures and animated still motion flashes of cats. <laughs> <laughs>